the forest burns along the road Like God's eyes in my headlights When the dogs are looking for their bones And it's raining ice picks on your steel shores to the Northwest Convergence Zone. Love that song. Oh, man. The, America has not been the same since Johnny left us. No, and that's better than the original, in my opinion. Which is a fantastic song. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, no knock on the Garden Boys, but that was a that is one of the best versions of that song I've ever heard. Well, that was the great thing about Johnny Cash. He could sing about a Pop-Tart, and people would go, that's the greatest song about a Pop-Tart in I've ever opinion, heard in my life. In my opinion, you ain't kidding. You know, I'd be out <laughs> buying Pop-Tarts right now. Absolutely. You'd see... You'd see <laughs> Spinning headphones right now, and I'd be gone. Soup. See you later, Gim. So uh, we've had some changes here in the last uh, year. And, yeah, um, some I, good, some bad. Some good, some bad. Uh, one of them being uh, this uh, this fine gal up in Seattle named T.K. Kasnick. And there's nothing that I like better than a comedian, and they also look good. Yeah, you know, oh, she's I mean, easy on the eyes. You know, it's fun to look at some really big you know, ugly dude up there who's cracking you up, you know, but you know, you could ask yourself, you know, if he wasn't actually saying anything right now, I might, no laugh, interest. I might laugh anyways though. Yeah. You know, I mean, but she's, uh, she overcomes her beauty, you know, and, uh, comes across as a, you know, she's a fantastic, uh, comic and she also, you know, manages, uh, what she mentioned the, the the comedy competition up there? Uh, she does help with that quite. She does a lot of stuff in the comedy community. TK well, is all over the comedy community around the South Sound. Manage is a loose word, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, she throws her hat in with. Yep, it nope, she's definitely a big part of it. So she uh, recently had a little. Uh, she's our, our new roving reporter. We are so happy to have TK yeah, on the program on the comedy scene, and uh, she caught up with the, the the cat who runs the Seattle Comedy Underground. Uh, by the name of Carl Varmenhoven. Yes. <laughs> and uh, let's see how that uh, little Veteran interview Veteran of off. the stand-up comedy himself. Yeah. So here's that interview. Hey, Northwest Convergent Zone. This is TK Kasnick, and I have a new guest for you. I'm really excited because a lot of my previous guests has mentioned him. So please welcome Carl Varmenhoven. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever knows what to say. It's all right. Now... I wanted to interview you because so many people always mention how much you impact their lives. So first of all, how did you get into comedy? Uh, it was 1979. Um, I had some friends. We would write sketches and do little eight millimeter films, and we'd invite people over to my basement and do the sketches and and show the films, and it became popular to a point where we had 40 or 50 people crammed into my basement. There was no other outlet for it. And then I read something in the paper, I believe it was April of 1979, that a little bar up the street from me called the uh, Brooklyn Bridge 
was doing Sunday night open mic, music and comedy. And I thought, wait, I've got some of these bits I've written, let's try them out in public. And from there, it just developed, uh, there were some other uh, people involved, Elliot Max was there, um, I think Rod Long, Lee McKay, a core group of maybe seven to ten, and we formed the Seattle Independent Comedy Co-op, Sick comedians and we <laughs> no. so we started running a regular Sunday open mic and from there we moved to a place called the G note in Greenwood it was a little bit bigger and it, it worked out some of the bits I'd written for my basement uh, seemed to work out on stage and uh, went from there so did you do the traveling and that whole bit um, I did just to uh, California and Oregon and uh, east but not I did a little bit in Washington DC once but uh, but just the West Coast. I also had a kid, so I was raising on my own, and I would take him uh, with me sometimes, especially when he was like 12. And he so could. Is he normal or? Yeah, he's normal, and <laughs> actually he can do just about anybody's act. Um, we were watching. I think no, he and his mother were watching Bob Saget one time do, uh, on a TV show, and he was doing some material that could be performed on TV, and my son was doing the jokes before he actually got to him because he'd seen him seven nights in a row somewhere, or seven shows in a row, and could almost lip-sync uh, his act. He can do other comics acts, because uh, in California I could take him with me to the bars. So. That's really cool, though, because you got to spend some special time with you with something you're passionate yeah. about. Yeah. Why do you think you're passionate about comedy? You must well, be, because you're still in the comedy world. Um, I think it's the language. I moved to this country when I was five years old, moved from Holland, and went to school without knowing any English, and I would get good grades all through high school and college, except in English. Actually, I did okay in one English class in high school, but that was my worst subject. My parents spoke Dutch to me at home. They wanted me to speak English, um, so my vocabulary was quite limited. But then once I got out of college, I thought, you know, the language is kind of cool. You can play with it, you can do this and that. Um, and I think that had a lot to do with comedy. Also, I grew up watching uh, Red Skelton. And, oh, a favorite of mine. Uh, Jonathan Winters, Steve Allen. Uh, my parents let me stay up late to watch Steve Allen at a late night show uh, for a while. And I just like people laughing. And actually, in grade school, people would laugh at stuff I would say. Uh, that I'd say funny on purpose. <laughs> and I didn't speak until I was 22, so <laughs> must have been cool. <laughs> anyway, um, I think that's why. And I, I like comedians. And I think it's very supportive in Seattle. Uh, it's not like one of those places where somebody gets a gig on TV or and they're going, you know, I should have had that. But here... Everybody goes, oh, great, you got that gig on Jimmy Kimmel, or, you know, it's very supportive. We have more of a comedy family here in Seattle than in other venues, I think. Yeah, oh, I agree. And it keeps growing or changing. The comics come in waves, it seems, and then the, uh, the top comes out, like Brad Upton and uh, Kermit Apio, um, I think. They came after Peggy Platt and Rod Long, they, but some of the old pros around here came in groups every few years, and, and now 
you know, like the People's Republic of Comedy. Uh, they were in kind of a little group a few years back already now, and then they move on to other things, and there's some good ones coming through now as well. It's fun. It's fun to watch it. It's, and then the management end, it's uh, less stressful. You don't have to worry about they don't like you or not because you're on the other side of the microphone, um, and you don't have to travel. Now, you, uh, they always mention that you give them some bit of advice, but that you kind of wait until it looks like they're sticking around a little bit, and then somebody you'll say to somebody as they walk by, hey, have you considered talking a little louder or putting the mic stand at the back or have you considered looking up some using a thesaurus or just some little bit of advice and it's you're you're kind of a legend for being supportive with comedians or critical <laughs> or, or critical but you no, I think they're helpful hints more, uh, I always appreciated when people uh, gave me some hints. Like it's that. always been viewed as helpful critique and not criticism, because people can come across harsh. We got to pick out the positive stuff too. Thousands of open micers, always lines you remember. They may have disappeared. Uh, oh, stop. Um, but there's sometimes a brilliant line. Somebody's doing three minutes of just terrible stuff, but there's some brilliant line there. And I go, even if they're sucky and the audience wasn't with them, I'll say, that was really funny. I really like that line. And then you know, it builds her confidence and helps the ego. There's a lot of tender egos in comedy. I think people need to be sensitive to that. But, and nice people, too. They come from all walks of life and all shapes and sizes and colors. Also, you can get away with just about anything uh, if it's not mean-spirited. If it's funny, I think it's not taboo. I think one of my personal theories is that we change the world by making an uncomfortable topic funny. Because then once it's funny, you can think about it and maybe change your mind. There's some saying, it was originally in Latin, and I can't remember what it is now, but it sounds really nice in Latin, but it means uh, humor works where lecturing doesn't. I'd have to agree with that one. So if you were a newbie comedian, what would you do? What would you tell them to do if you... Get as much stage time and as many different venues at as many different venues as you can. And then do some hell gigs, you know, do a sports bar and work between two dartboards that are still in operation. And I thought that was what triple runs were for. Well, I, that <laughs> is very likely, uh, because uh, sometimes when you work in a comedy club and you got a an audience coming for comedy, paying money, um, they can make you think you're God's gift to comedy. But then get out there in a little bar in Bend, Oregon or something like that, and, uh, and you're competing with other uh, things happening in the room. Or they're a lot of regulars and they don't pay a cover and they're just drinking and they want to visit, it's happy hour or something. Okay, here's some comedy. They don't want to hear comedy right then, or they're expecting what they see on TV, so you have to be pretty generic, I think. Maybe almost hack. Yeah. Um, well, there's a certain bar down in Spanaway where down the center there is a little stage with three stripper poles, and at the end is the stage where the comedians stand on. So I'm up there doing my time, and this person just hops right up there and starts 
you know, ironically just kind of idly undulating against the pole in the middle of my act, and I'm just kind of like, huh, thought we were doing comedy, but okay, let's go with this. <laughs> yeah, I've done... Some of the hell gigs I've done uh, were what they used to call meat markets, you know, singles, bars, and, and there's a band, and then the band takes a break. All right, here's comedy. Well, people are, and you stand in the middle of the dance floor, and there's maybe one light above you, and everybody's around having a drink or chatting with other people and trying to pick each other up. Or there's a band member tuning up behind you, and you have to do 15, 20 minutes of filler. Nobody's paying attention, but... They're too busy the, trying to get laid. But you get some money and you just do your time. That makes sense. One thing they always like me to ask is the way that the world has changed and with all the new media and the stuff that you can see on YouTube and TV, where do you think comedy is heading? The 80s, there were lots of clubs and um, it was the heyday of stand-up here. We had four full-time clubs at one time, The Last Laugh, The Improv, Giggles, and, and us. We were the original one. We're still around. Um, Giggles is now Jiggles. It is. That was the old joke, gone. yeah. <laughs> but um, then it kind of died down. It's got a comedy channel. and um, Comics, I think, wanted to become sitcom stars, like Seinfeld and all that. Yeah. And I think it has taken away a little bit, but it's also made people come out and they see so much stand-up now. Well, I'm going to give it a shot. And that's why we have 70 people signing up for open mic. And that kind of is fun. We're doing okay here. People need to realize that live comedy is a lot more fun than watching it on TV. Sometimes I'll laugh out loud watching uh, stand-up on TV, but it's so much better in an atmosphere with others around you laughing. Don't you think there's something infectious about laughter if you sit everybody close together somehow it's funnier yes well actually infectious is funny too (laughs) 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 i don't want to catch that comedy laughter thing it is indeed out of my depression and then my doctor will be unhappy because the pharmacist won't get my money from all the drugs i have to take and a comic needs a live audience i mean you're seeing a stand-up on tv Um, he's not going to be just doing it for a camera he's got to hear that instant uh, response. I think that's why a lot of movie actors, TV uh, sitcom actors, like to do theater work because it's immediate uh, reaction to what you're doing. We do like that uh, instant feedback. The new comedians, I always know when they've reached that point where they've come, they've outgrown their friends or their friends have realized they don't have any new material. (laughs) And I remember one day I came in here and there was like 70 comedians going up and I had counted out how many times there had been dick jokes. And I was literally back here just kind of like hitting my head on the wall and I remember you looking at me like, what's going on? Why is it that everybody goes blue right off? Why is blue so easy? I don't know. I have a little list of suggestions for new comics and one of them is um, you can say whatever you want, but if you play relatively clean, you can get a lot more work. You can make money at comedy. You can get corporate gigs and do cruises and schools and whatever. Um, I think it's easy. It's one of those little taboo subjects that uh, people giggle about. I, I think it's less so now because there's so much on the internet and 
there's not much that's censored or sort of uh, unmentionable anymore. That's true. So every year, I know you go back to Holland for about a month. Well, two weeks. Two weeks? What do you do in Holland while you're there? Uh, walk, walk around Amsterdam. <laughs> um, I have friends there, I have family. And take the train here and there and just, it's, can go to comedy. There's Boom Chicago, an English-speaking sketch comedy troupe. Been there nine, ten years in Amsterdam. They're packed every night. Um, it's just a great escape. So the Dutch people are very nice. And you go to comedy. <laughs> well, once in a while. They usually let me in free because I tell them I'm connected with comedy here. Um, there's also a club called the Comedy Cafe, which has Sunday night English open mic. I don't, I don't go there. I just go, go to Boom Chicago sometimes. It's quite fun. Do you still speak Dutch? With, yeah, with some difficulty. Once I'm there for a while, it comes back. But then if I try Dutch there, they can hear my accent and then uh, speak English to me. Everyone <laughs> speaks English there, so it's quite easy. But Amsterdam is just a nice walkable size. And it's uh, got a lot of history. And we stay in one of the older, nicer parts of town um, that used to be a working class section. It's called the Jordaan. It's now three, four hundred year old houses that uh, have been turned into B&Bs. And um, I have a friend who has an apartment in a, in a building built in 1611 for Dr. Tulp, who is the subject of a painting by Rembrandt called The Anatomy Lesson of Dr. Tulp. He's got the top floor of his old house. Uh, it's just... Uh, my partner Jan and I just love being in Holland, mostly Amsterdam. We travel around, take the bus and train and boats. What would be your favorite topic to make fun of? Well, I think topical humor is very, very good. It's uh, difficult too. Very difficult, and and then you're done with it. You know, after a while, you can't keep bringing it, uh, bringing up the same jokes about Lyndon Johnson or Richard Nixon. You know? <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's, go, Who's that? it shows uh, a great talent if you can stay topical, all with like top-notch material, new every year. Who are some comedians? Uh, who are your favorite old comedians besides like Red Skelton? Steve Allen, Jonathan Winters, um, especially Steve Allen. He's great influence. I met him a couple times. I thought Richard Pryor was very good. I got to meet him a couple times. And he took it to a new level. Johnny Carson. Grew up watching Johnny Carson. I was just wondering, uh, comedians nowadays. Who's well, great that you really enjoy still, even after you've watched their acts seven days in a row? Or? I liked Mitch Hedberg very much, and I admired that he could drink before a show, during a show, between shows, and get his material out perfectly, even though he was kind of sliding against the back wall lower and lower. Oh, my God. Um, uh, brilliant material. Um, I like Bob Saget's uh, stuff, too, for just being... He's such a nice guy and just getting so nasty. Um, I like Sarah Silverman's style. Or I like almost all the local ones. So, Ari. Mike Drucker is very funny. And he's hosting tonight. <laughs> he's got his earphones on, oh. so he didn't hear us, but... 
Oh, nothing. <laughs> we'll tell you later. Wink, wink. <laughs> so one last thing before we go. Tell us a favorite road story that you have that you would share A road with. story? Yeah, um, something from the road that you just okay, couldn't one, believe happened or was Well, amazing. no, it's just typical from um, Lee McKay, one of the uh, illegitimate fathers of Northwest Comedy. He helped connect Swanies and John Fox to start... Uh, the Comedy Underground and helped get us connected to do the uh, annual comedy competition. We were uh, going to do a gig in uh, Coeur d'Alene, I believe, a Halloween gig for very little money. And we were on a bus going across the mountains on a Greyhound bus. It was probably like a 50 to to $100 gig. And Lee McKay was saying, ah, this is showbiz, baby. <laughs> Lee, we're on a Greyhound bus going several hours to make 50 bucks. <laughs> but Probably cost shows, more for the ticket. Uh, yeah, well, I think they may have covered it. But it was, it was just kind of so innocent in a way that uh, sitting on a Greyhound doing several hours to do a little half hour in front of some people, that was showbiz. So where can we find you? The Comedy Underground. Find them at the Seattle Comedy Underground and on Facebook, I think. Yes, I'm on Facebook. So, thank you, Carl, for coming out and letting us do this little podcast. And thank you, TK. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Thank you, Northwest Convergence Zone, and we will see you next week. All right, I want to thank TK for catching up with Carl there. And uh, TK is going to be dropping in, I don't know, once a month or twice a month with some interviews for us in this upcoming year. I'm excited because she knows lots of comics and lots of people up in Seattle that we ne not necessarily can get to. Uh, or we could, but it, ta it takes a lot more effort, and she's right there. So I hope you guys are enjoying that, and we want to give TK a lot of love and a lot of appreciation for what she's bringing to the program. But, hey, let's go back into the best of 2010. Let's. And one of the things about uh, our life and you know just uh, being involved is music, and we love music here on the show, and so we have to definitely have to take a look at uh, the best songs not necessarily by us, but this is... Yeah, I was going to say, according to... Yeah, this is, a, this is according to several sources. Uh, they combine, it's like iTunes, AOL, uh, radio, and a couple of other music blog places. This is the... And based on sales and popularity and so forth. So we're going to look at the top 10 songs, and we're going to weigh in on them. Okay. All right? And, and nothing, is off, nothing no. is off the table. Sure. Uh, because a lot of these I'm not really hip to, but this is how it, is how it came out. Number 10. This is Rude Boy by Rihanna. Gimmer. Down with Rihanna. Yeah. Down with her. Yeah. She's a she's a she's a fighter, man. She's bounced back after getting slapped around by what's his nose. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe he's still in the public eye making millions. No, is it, and uh, yeah, she. I think you know. I think isn't she, isn't she from Jamaica? Sure. I believe so. So yeah. Well, the first and last time I ever heard that song was at the... <laughs> well, that's going to be his repeat story yeah, through dude. all of the these. The first and last time I ever heard Jeez. that song. All right. That's that's I was at the ring, roller skating. That's going to be his ringtone no. from now on. <laughs> Number nine. This lady was uh, all over everything this year. TV, internet, the radio. Talking about Lady Gaga. Bad Romance, which I didn't really think was her best song. 
But hey, I mean, she made a boatload of cash. Talked to some people who went to the Tacoma and the Portland show, and uh, they said the Portland show was much better. Oh, yeah? For some reason, they, they said they really thought she mailed it in on uh, the Tacoma show. But probably, I, because of, uh, probably because on, on stage, it probably sounded horrible at the Tacoma Dome. <laughs> well, I mean, because it's Tacoma yeah, Dome, it's little, you can yeah. have the greatest sounding concert at the Tacoma Dome and go to another show, and it's like... It's flat. There, you have uh, raccoons fighting in your bathroom, <laughs> you know? All you, right, this is number eight. I will admit, oh I like this song. You know who this is? Off the top of my head? Yeah. No. Usher. Okay. Usher with Oh My God or OMG. This was a huge, huge club hit and uh, really went into some really cool old school funk. And uh, I thought, I, I mean, Usher's a talented dude. He's really not into, you know, he's not like a top on my list for anything. But I will say when he came out with that song, because it's, you know, Usher's one of those guys where you think, oh, flash in the pan, good dancer, you know, pretty good. Um, no, he's been keeping it going. Yeah, he came out with this and I was really surprised. But he uh, also is, you know, the 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 founder of Justin Bieber. I know. That's the only knock on Usher, <sighs> man. He's going to be in the 3D movie. I might have to go. Uh no, and the Will I Am was the uh doing the from the Black Eyed Peas was doing that back uh that sort of what do they call that? Voice Tronics or something? Uh, I'm getting tired of that. You know, you could get the old lady from the old Wendy's commercials, Where's the Beef, <laughs> and modify that stuff on the computer over there, and we'd have a hit. Yeah, but he's, I mean, the, one, on. he's the one that basically kind of invented out. that and came out with it. All right, here's number seven. You know, it's just going to hurt you. You know I'm only going to break your heart, right? <laughs> you want it back? Bring it on. Now, I may not be the worst or the best, but you got to respect my eyes. This guy had the number one hit in the U.K., you're not gonna make me guess, are you? No, because I don't. I don't know who this guy is. Yeah. It's it, Tayo. It's T A I O. Tayo Cruz. Tayo Cruz. Is it Tom's brother? Uh, don't think so. Uh, the name of that song is "Break Your Heart." That came in at a number seven and number six. This one you might know. Sounds like Floyd already. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a cassette tape going. I can hear that already. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're deciphering the song. Let's see. This song was released on July 20th, reached number one spot in eight countries. Bangladesh. It's pretty impressive. Uh, this is Bruno Mars and Just the Way You Are. That's enough of that. How does that hit number that was, one I in eight? I thought that sounded like Sesame Street. How man. does that hit number one in eight countries? I don't know. But not Small countries. Oh, wow, man. I don't know. All right, uh, number. F now we're getting to the top five. These are the top five hits. Of <laughs> Great. Now what? <laughs> number five. I recognize that's a, that's a real instrument right there. Yeah, this is a ballad. Reached number one on the Hot Country charts in November. Then it kind of transitioned over into pop radio. Makes your perfect memory 
In fact, when they transitioned it over, they took out the acoustic and added the electric guitar. Really? Yeah. <laughs> this is Lady Antebellum. Need you now. It's coming. And I wonder if I Sad state of music, 2010 so far. I think Usher's the best one so far, in my opinion. I'd go with that. All right, that's enough of that. And uh, coming in at number four. Guys from Atlanta. <laughs> Can we pretend that airplanes in the night sky like shooting stars? I can really use a wish. B-O-B. And if you couldn't guess, the name of this is title airplane. Airplanes in the night sky like shooting stars. I can really use a wish right now. Is she uh, talking about like going through uh, airport scanners? And, I think uh, she was talking about that downs. whole yeah, the pad downs and the strip downs. Give <laughs> her looks like he's lost. I want to get a strip down. Uh, and also, uh, big year for Bob. Bob. Uh, yeah. What does Bob stand for? <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> but this one, okay. This go ahead. Uh, this is Bob. It also features Bruno Mars, which was two songs back. This is nothing on you. Came in at number three. But my time would be wasted. They got nothing on you, baby. Nothing on you, baby. They might say hi, and I might say hey. In case you're interested, this is off the album, The Adventures of Bobby Ray. <laughs> be right out. Do they sell that at Rocket Records? I'm pretty sure they don't. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, top two, I'm sure you've heard these because I know you're a hipmeister. <laughs> All right. Uh, number two, this is a great song. Lo I do love this song. Uh, this cat's grown up a lot and from his Slim Shady days. And this also features uh, Rihanna, who we heard from earlier. She's singing the lovely chorus right there. Great video as well. I can't tell you what it really is. M and M. Love the way you lie. This is a very cool song. He had some great songs off his uh, CD. Marshall Mathers. Yeah, Marshall Mathers. I got to give some respect to him. Uh, it might not be your thing, but uh, the album was titled Recovery. I, I, I dug quite a few yeah. of his earlier stuff. Good. I just, you know, you know, you kind of move on. And yeah, no, I, I felt the same way until I had moved on and my daughters uh, played that. And there's another one on there. Um, what's it called? Take My Hand or something. A very good cool song so i thought sounds, he came back strong sounds like a church song it, it almost is it's very it's kind of a kind of a you know teach the world to sing type oh, thing that's so. that's what we need the world to get better if we can just teach just people to him, sing and buy them a coke and then maybe turn around and actually so they don't sing through these processors <laughs> and uh, make their voices sound like kermit the frog right all right number one uh any guess wait before we any guesses number one song number one song is going to be by bachman turner overdrive dude you are so stuck in the God. 70s double d I had no idea what any of those songs you played were. <laughs> so I go with Chicago. Glenn I'm Campbell. Not gonna... <laughs> All right. Captain Tennille. This is the number one song. Mark and Mindy. Uh, Snoop Dogg Wait, featured on this song. Oh, Snoop. Let's take a journey. Calvin. I'll tell you, man, it's the weirdest video I've ever seen, but uh, can't get enough of this girl when she's wearing her Daisy Dukes. Talking Katy Perry. This is California Girls, number one song. Sipping 
of 2010. I thought you said Snoop Dogg. Because he's on here, right? He's in it, yeah. yeah. You'll hear it. He's, well, I think he's later. I don't think we're going to get to it, but yeah, he starts talking fly about California and stuff. I haven't had enough of Snoop Dogg, but I've officially had enough of Katy Perry. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you know, we'll see what she comes out with. I mean, uh, that's the way music goes these days. A lot of one-hit wonders, a lot of one-album you know, breakthroughs, and then you never hear from them again. It's really hard to have sustainability and um, longevity in the music world these days. So that's why when you look at the top it- 10 songs of each year, they uh, a lot of times if we went back and looked at last year, probably half of those people aren't even going anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just that's the way it goes. Is that so, how it goes? That is re- record. Look at you, man. <laughs> record companies don't invest in in people. There's they, no there's the re- there's only a few of them left, so they only have like this small little stable full of people. And if you yeah, talk no, to most, I agree. If you talk to most musicians and ask them, well, you know, you're looking you're looking to get signed, you're looking to get no. a label, and hell no. Yeah, most of them are like, no. Why why do that when you can actually you know get your own music out, put it on you you know iTunes, blah 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 blah, make all the money from it. I mean, you can sell a tenth of what you would with a big label I and know. make Listen all to of Is that money. how you're making all your big bucks? All Dude, negative. you are so jealous of Justin Bieber, it hurts. I can just, it's oozing through you, Actually, man. it's not his music that I'm jealous of, it's his hair. Just the money. <laughs> I'm bald, I want that hair. But the thing is, that hair, the way that hair the is, Bieber look? I could get a Bieber wig, man. Yeah, man, that's what we're going to wear for I'm Halloween. rock that Bieber Next wig. Next year, Halloween. Bieber 1 and 2. Hopefully, be gone by him. All right, uh, books. You know, hey, I don't, I don't know how many of you guys are out there are into books. I love books. I read books. I, I read books. So we're gonna go through the top comic 10. books, TV guide. <laughs> Those would be magazines, but this is these are books with actual covers. Or if you have Kindle or whatever, you flip through the page and on your screen. But uh, number ten is a Matterhorn, a novel of the Vietnam War by Carl. Marlantis, that was a very good book. Faithful Places by Tanya French. <clears throat> Bitter in the Mouth by Monique Truong. How to Read the Air by Dinah, and I can't say her last name. Good. Mingus, too. <laughs> Super Sad Love Story by Gary Stugart. Great House by Nicole Cross. Nicole Cross, sorry. Freedom by Jonathan France. That is a great book. The Wake of Forgiveness by Bruce Mathert. And The Surrendered by Chang Ra Lee. To the end of the land was number one by David Grossman. Now, did you read what books did you read this year? What books did I read this mm-hmm. year? Man, I, they're mostly old old books. Like what? Uh, the Last Good Kiss by uh, James Crumley, one mm-hmm. of the greatest books out there. It's very hard to find actually. They didn't have big press runs on it, but one of the best. Uh, detective. Wonder Boys saying Winnie, Winnie the Pooh. No, his his best books are like you know you know Game Player 2010 magazine. <laughs> but I read a lot of comic books. Yes, I do. Yeah. But I read a lot of you know books on you know exciting stuff like uh, world history and no, that's, that biography. Is, no, that's cool stuff. Double D, last book you read. Period. <laughs> um, it's called Lady on the Beach, but it's what? Hey, what? Whoa! Was that? Did you get that down at Elmo's? What's this about? <laughs> Lady on the Beach. 
Hmm. Was that a dream you had? <laughs> this isn't top ten dreams. No, this is man. Top 10 there's books some. There are. Day. You know, that's the thing. Books are dying, and it really bums me out because uh, I don't like reading off the internet. Uh, other than some articles, I don't like reading books on the computer. It I don't can like. Give you a headache. After I don't a while. like Kindle. I don't like iPad. Reading off an iPad. I like an actual book. And some of my favorite authors had great books this year. Christopher Moore was one. Carl Hyacin, who I was had the pleasure of meeting downtown Seattle. That was awesome. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, Elmore Leonard is great. Uh, he had a really good book out this year. Tim Dorsey, man, if you can, if you if you like just chaos comedy and just off the hook characters, you got to go with Dorsey. So, uh, and they all are good. You know, first of the year's coming up. A lot of them are releasing books. Get out there, support your bookstore. I know we say support a lot of things, but your books are dying, man. And you know, one of these days it'll all be electronic and I can't stand that thought. Hey, you know, here in Tacoma, you know, over off of uh, 38th and Tacoma Boulevard, you know, Half Price Books is over there, and they're, Perfect. you know, they don't, uh, you know, they're no sponsors of ours, or blah, nope. blah, blah, but you can go in there, and I guarantee you're going to find a stack of books that you want. Dude, it's the most dangerous store for me to go I into. Between, hours. Between the music and the books, and all the, even memorabilia, and yep. autograph books and stuff, jeez. King's to, Books. I used to work there. King's Books is really cool, too. I mean, uh, there's lots of great bookstores, but, uh, so yeah, those are the top ten books. All right, let's look at the top ten movies of the year. Dun, 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 dun. Number ten, and we're talking about grossing movies of the year. These are the ones that made the most So these money. aren't the actual best movies of the year. No, no, just... these are the top grossing. That's how they rate the best. Yeah. It's the ones who made the most money, so they're the most popular. Coming in at number 10, Karate Kid 2010. Not the old one, the new one. You know how much you made? How much? $176 million. Five hundred and sixty dollars. That's amazing. That's huge, man. Did you see it? I boycotted it. I didn't go see it because Will uh, Smith's kid was I, in it. What? No, you got a problem? I, I boycotted with... it uh, for the sake of Ralph Macchio, man. There's only one Karate Kid, pal. Yeah, I agree. I didn't. Sorry, go see buddy. It. All right, uh, coming in at number nine. Uh, I did see this movie, Train Your Dragon. That was very, very Great cute. Movie. Yep, DreamWorks, $217,388. Number eight, I did not see was this that one. A no, wait, rewind. $217,000 million? $217,388. These are new numbers you're Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. No. Uh, number eight, Shrek Forever After came in at two hundred, little over 238 I I was going to mail that one in. Just like, I'll watch it just to, you know. Did you see it? So it's, and it was great. Really? I, I, I thought it was... Uh, I checked out after the first Shrek. Really. I thought uh, no, it was it was maybe number two of all of the movies. Of all the Shrek? Yeah. The Shrek Dynasty or whatever? Yeah, it, was, it was totally worthwhile watching. Very good. Well, Steelskin, man, he's a little I'll, bad. I'll have to check it out. I I checked out, you know, it's like I don't like a lot of, re, uh, you know, one. Uh, once you have the original one, I don't like the two, threes, and fours and stuff, but... What okay. about Empire Strikes Back? Well, I was, yeah, that was a what little What about different. it? That's a, that's a continuing story. What about it? It's a continuing okay, story. Okay, then. We'll just, but it threw your whole thing out the window, didn't it? <laughs> I said I don't like many of them. <laughs> okay, that wasn't fine. they didn't they didn't title it Star Wars three. So I immediately goes for like the brass ring of all you know sequels. Yeah. Okay, oh yeah, yeah. How about Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, okay, you're right. I'm sorry, God, I'm wrong. All right, uh, number seven, I, uh, Despicable Me, and you guys just watched this uh, yesterday, didn't you? Yeah, yesterday. Actually, he slept through it. Two hundred slept through a little over. Almost two hundred and fifty million dollars. That's a good, good movie. Yeah, I'm sure I, glad I, we gave our support to that movie. <laughs> you, yeah. 
<laughs> Did you have the little banner rolling across the top? If you're watching cannot, this illegally, I uh, cannot, you're coming after your ass? I cannot him. admit to anything. Yeah, well, okay. Number six. Coming in at number six, making almost $270 million, was Harry Potter 7. Yeah. Uh, that's another movie. I saw the first one, slept through the next, next two, and will never really? go to Yeah, will never go Those to movies, I wouldn't say just one da 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 after the other got better, but they've... They've actually progressed and gotten more adult. Uh, just didn't uh, didn't not, capture me. Not as in like you know porn, <laughs> but uh, that's know, the next Voldem- one. They start oh, whipping out Voldemort. those wands, you know, and it's a whole different story than from seven seven movies ago. No, but that's it's it's a cool movie. You know, you'll like it. Uh, I did see this one number coming in number five uh, with two hundred and ninety one million dollars, a little over Inception. I thought that was a clever. Well done movie. It had some really cool effects and surprises in it. It was, it did kind of get muddled a little bit because you were going through so many different levels of these guys' dreams or whatever. But if you could stay with it, it was worth it. Yeah, I'm st- I still didn't. I, th- I thought it was a really cool movie, but when at the very end, when, uh, yeah, when the end. they wake up in the in, yep. in the in the uh, uh, the airplane, yeah, and you know everything's already cut off and you know disconnecting everything, so it's kind of like okay, it how, had, yeah, how it, I mean it had some. Mo- if you were really paying attention, you could pick that thing apart. But it was a cool concept, and I thought they no, pulled it off nicely. Worthwhile. Number four, with almost an even $300 million, dun, dun, dun. Uh, Twilight Eclipse. I can proudly say, and I, I wear this badge really proudly, I have never. We're troop brothers, brother. Ever. Nor will I yep. see a Twilight movie or join a team. <laughs> <laughs> I am not Team Edward. I am not Team uh, Chance or whoever the hell the other guy. I'm not whoever. Team Ju- Judy or you. Jenny or whatever. I don't know. I've tried to remove myself away from <laughs> that as much as possible. Just because, you know, I love horror movies. Yeah, man. Like, well, I like we want to throw stuff. some romance into it. And nope. some, some and I heard. I don't care. Whatever. I saw some of the CGI in it, and it, and it looked like. I read a big article whatever. about the, the lady who writes that is Mormon, and she's in, interjected a lot of Mormonism. Not that that would keep me away, but I just found that an interesting I think that might be true, though, because the, the, all the vampires, they wear these undergarments. <laughs> They're protected <laughs> forever. Granted, some people might call them robes, but, you know. And uh, coming in at number three, I did see this. This was a great movie. Uh, coming in at $312 million from Paramount. We're talking Iron Man 2. <laughs> That was a long intro, wasn't it? Lord have mercy. If we were on the air, we would have already gone into like the emergency broadcasting we system. we got to remove that fridge full of beer. Wow. The Wonder Boy's over there asleep. I'm pointing at him, and he's got the cross-eyed look. He's got his hands full of Christ- Christmas chocolate. <laughs> anyway, enough of that, because you screwed it up. <laughs> Uh, number two, and we had to, we were talking about this. So it was earlier. Iron Man two. That was Iron Man two. Iron Man two. Yeah, that was a cool movie. Kind well, of fr- frittered out at the yeah, end. Yeah, but bit. you know it was it was good. I you know Thor I, I, Thor's I coming out this yes, year. Yes, I'm excited about that. I will not go see Iron Man three. And I heard Favreau's not going to direct how about, it. How about the Green Hornet? Nope, not interested. It looks horrible. Tron. Uh, nope. 
Probably not. The original one bored me still today. This day, if I hear Tron, I fall asleep. <laughs> Just All the I, words, Tron. If somebody says Tron, I immediately hear white noise and I'm out. And he, he starts acting that like was a chicken. The, that was the longest, most drawn-out sci-fi boring movie I've the ever seen. Tron, I got to say that I was never in the camp of, oh. you know, and I saw it in the theaters. Wow, so did I. I. It was a head scratch. You're walking around, walking out going, what happened? What, what did I actually just watch? Was there meaning? The only, the did only we get cool, out? Did the we only, get in? What? Who? The only cool product of Tron was the video game. Yeah, buddy. That was it, man, because the movie the light sucked. Si- the light cycles, man. That was the best That's part the best of the game. That's the best part, man. And they were like five seconds in the movie. All right. Number two, we had this discussion a little earlier, $334 million. Alice in Wonderland. Did you see it? I did. What did you think? I was ready to be thoroughly disappointed. Yeah. And I liked it. Did you? I have not seen it. I, I heard it was, I heard it was kind of like a uh, sort of a trippy type oh, movie. Really trippy. That's a stretch. Well, no, I mean. Well, no, I mean, but even more so than because the, the original one, you know, like the Disney version, so they kind of laid off the trippiness. Yeah. These guys ramped it up. No, they did. They did. They amped it up and ramped it up. Okay. But it's, uh, you know, you know, my wife. You know, did you she, see it? She Stone Cold it Sober. Okay. You don't have to answer that question. Yeah, I was, <laughs> Please I was, just just leave it right I, there. I was. I was absolutely. Well, he asked me when I went to the wall if I saw it <laughs> clear-headed. Yeah, the, were the so, walls melting? I just wanted to know if, if it was the same thing or he was like off with the butterflies. I don't know. No, it was, no, it was <clears> a good movie. Number one. This is the number one movie. I don't think this is any surprise. Over $414 million. Toy Story 3. And I did watch this franchise all the way through. Did you like it? Um, I liked the... F- well, I did like it, but not as well as the first two. Uh, everyone's like, oh, it's a tearjerker at the end. And I didn't think it was. Yeah. I actually thought... Did you... You didn't, I haven't you seen didn't it. see it? Okay. No. Um, anybody in here see it? No? no. You, Wonder Boy? I haven't been fired, Illegal. Up, fired up enough about it yet. Yeah, no. It had some moments <laughs> that were very... You know, I mean, they're good writers. Pixar and Disney, they do a bang-up job. All the characters were there for the most part. Uh, the story was okay, but it just... I don't know. It just... <clears throat> it didn't, like, just, you know, like, knock you out. But so, it, was, it was number one, though. It was number one, and I, I it was a huge... Well, you know, it's like... I'm so into the Toy Story thing that when they re-released one and two as a double feature, mm-hmm. I went to that. <laughs> so. Were you sober? <laughs> <laughs> I was. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, we got a couple of things we gotta we gotta uh, we gotta wrap about. So thanks for hanging in there with us, folks. The big thing going on this year, 2010, in the music world, though, is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions. And this year we have. Alice Cooper. These are the ones that are going in in, yep. in, in 11. Yep. Neil Diamond. Yep. Nope. Yep. Do- <laughs> Dr. John. Yeah. Darlene Love, who I'm not familiar I, with. I Tom know. Waits. He cool. Yep. Jack Holtzman. I don't know. Not sure who that is. He might Art- be an industry guy. You know, there's a lot eh, of industry, probably. industry people that they put Art in. Roop and Leon Russell. Now, let's talk about this. Cooper, I have no problem with. There's no debate there, I don't think. Okay. Uh, do you? You got a problem with Coop going in? Um, there's a lot of acts who should be in there before him, but there's a lot of acts that are already in there before him that shouldn't be in front of him. So yeah. it's like, yeah, so, you know, it's Yeah, good. so, I mean, That's he's good. he's done his thing, and he, he's, uh, and he's he, a cool guy. pioneer, you know. I mean, he was a, a lot of the early glam shock rock and stuff. So uh, Neil Diamond, 
Hell yeah. See, and say it, there's two camps on the diamond. There's either people who love Neil Diamond. That's you. Or who don't. That would be me. Care for Neil Diamond. I don't think Neil One. Diamond's rock and roll. Well, you know, he's a little bit country and also a little bit rock and roll. He's a little bit snooze fest. Whatever, man. <laughs> he's a little bit of cracked and rosy. That's like a really rocking tune, right? Cracklin' Rosie? It, it, yeah, sure. It is. Coming to America? Does that really get you going? <laughs> on the boats and on the planes. Turn on your heart light. Turn on your heart light. <laughs> it's just like, uh, okay, I mean, look, whatever. He I mean, sold they, more albums yeah, than, I, yeah. than Elvis Presley, okay? Uh, I, yeah. No problem with what he sold. But, I mean, I could say the same thing for some other, you know, there's lots of, the Muppets sold a lot of records are they going in the hall of fame they should they, <laughs> <laughs> uh doc, at least what about the band okay and again a uh, dr john i uh, you know i nothing against dr john i think dr john's a pioneer of the sort of you know, new orleans uh bluesy funky rock type stuff mm -hmm. but seriously uh, I, there's lots of groups i can think of that should go in before him sure yeah um I know Darlene Love is probably is I not my mis, my fault for not doing some research nice on her. Work, nice work on that. Yeah, dude. thank you. Uh, I, she, she must you be fire that assistant. She's yeah, yeah. Double D, you're out. Done. Tom Waits, no problem. Leon Russell, no problem. Except that I think you know there's some groups that should be in there who aren't there, and let's go through some of those groups because. I think there's some big name bands that they just continue to ignore. Huge. Some of them from right here in the Northwest. Yep. Uh, who have been uh, shakers and bakers and and makers of rock music. Who <laughs> shakers, have been bakers and makers. Trendsetters who this guy have over here Willie the Shakespeare here. <laughs> who have sold albums and you know carved roads. I'm going to start with Heart. Uh, you want to talk about two ladies who have set the bar for female rock and roll. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you, I will go ballistic if somebody like Lita Ford or Pat Benatar or, you know, somebody like that gets in before Hart does. Quarter Flash. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, you know, Hart, those, that's one of those bands that I've been uh, a fan of since I was a little kid. And that's when they were just blowing up. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, here it is. Hello, 25 years later. And uh, they're still... They're still rocking their, you know, their album that they put out recently. Yeah, no, it's very good. It's awesome. Yeah, well, let's go down. Here's I have a list of some bands that are not in. Uh, Kiss is not in. Yeah. Depeche Mode is not in. Okay. The Cure, yeah. Chicago. Wait a minute, Chicago. Chicago's not in. See, that's crazy because Chicago's actually had like several careers. I know, you know man. Distinct. I mean, I would I would give them a three act absolutely you know, type of career that and they And every single one of them could go in on their own yeah, merits. Yeah, that early Chicago man. Beautiful. Oh, yeah, Chicago goodness. Transit Authority. God. Absolutely. Uh Rush is ah! is not on. I can't believe that. It's uh, cuz you know why? Cuz they cuz in Cleveland, <coughs> they hate Canadians. <laughs> they must. They must. Is Brian Adams in there? No. Uh, no, he's in the Canadian Rock and What's Roll What's that uh, gal? They used to sell all her uh, her albums on TV. Ann Murray. Ann Murray. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Moody Blues aren't in. That's crazy. ELO is not in. Mm. Cheap Trick. Uh, Bad Company. Uh, that's a sin. That's a sin right there. Uh, Frampton is not yeah, in. I would, go, I would go with the Humble Pie Frampton yeah. combo. Okay. Personally. Or yeah, um, but Steve Marriott—he's passed away, so it wouldn't be as. Is strong. Steve Winwood in? I don't think he's in, and neither is Traffic. Those guys should be in. Uh, T Rex is not in. Bon Jovi, 
Oh, maybe Bon Jovi. Anyway, Journey's not in. Foreigner's not in. And uh, we can go. We can go Motley even further. Crew. Yeah, Motley Crue's not in. <laughs> uh, Humble Pie's not in. Warrant. Warren Zevon. Jeez, dude. <laughs> I'm talking about serious Warren Zevon. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you, you said Warren. I thought you were actually saying Warren. No, I Warren. I was jumping the gun Warren on Warren Zevon. How about Barry Manilow? <laughs> you know, if Barry Manilow. Did he just say that? Hey, if Barry Manilow was in, your your Neil Diamond argument would look like a little. Oh uh, yeah, I would have to kiss. Your, I would have to kiss your ass on that. Um, I would say also Steve Miller's not in. See, no, wait, no. Now we've jumped back up to the top of, yeah. of the wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Steve it, Miller's not in. If you look at, you know, there's a, there's best of albums that are out there and they don't actually put them in the top 200, right? Right. Okay. And, re, and you know, reissues of albums that they don't yeah. put in the top 200, which week after week, a lot of them would actually be in the top tw- 10, if not the top 20. Right. And Steve Miller's greatest hits is constant. I mean, it sells a couple million albums a year. Oh, and this album's been, the, the greatest hits have been out since like '83 or something like that, or even before that. I mean, give me a break. Now, what about uh, like David Bowie or Queen? Bowie is like Bowie knife. Yeah, like a Bowie knife. David, David Bowie, 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 how, whatever you want to say. Uh, Queen's in there. Yeah, but I mean, those guys, if those guys are in there, don't you think guys, people like T Rex and people like uh, Steve Miller, Queen, I mean, Absolutely. Hart, and those guys should be in. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I, it's a corporate weird. Weird, weirdocracy over there, or something, dude. I don't know what their thinking is over there. Well, I think I think what they need to do, really, this is my honest opinion, uh, because if you're going to put in Run DMC, you got to put in Public Enemy. Yeah. Uh, so they need to, because I don't agree with Run DMC going in, but if they're going to do it, then they need to divide that thing up. I disagree. Why? That Run Run DMC shouldn't be in there. They're not I, rock and roll. They had one song. They did a cover. They did a a, a duet with. Uh, Aerosmith. That's the only rock and roll yeah, song you know they've what? ever there done. Was some, there was no nah, King of Rock. That's a great tune, man. Just the title. There is none higher. That's so, not a rock dude, song. It's a rap song, though. Man, we should exit with that song. No, but, but we do did. We, have, we, we did don't, don't you last think, week. Because if they're going to do that, don't you think we should have? They should have wings, or they should call it the the Museum of of uh, Modern Pop Music, or something like that. That kind of wings. I thought you were talking about Paul McCartney's wings. No, 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 so, no, no. Which I'm talking about like in. a rap wing. I'm talking about a, a rock w- yeah, wing, a that. pop. I'm, don't they have that no, in there? I mean, they have a broadcaster wing, but no, they don't have. They don't. You know, I mean, if you're going to call it rock and roll, sure. then it better be rock and roll or call it the, you know, popular music museum or whatever they want to come up with. Just not the EMP. I agree with that. Yeah. And I mean, I, I agree with, you know, if it's but it, it's been a long time since the people yeah. that are coming in are not actually rock and rollers. But the one good thing yeah. about it is, is that we we have this. De- I remember having this debate with Big Joe last year when they <laughs> they introduced who they were inducting last. year. I mean, it's it's good fodder for debate. And I know they can only induct so many every year, but I mean, who they're passing Says up. Says who, though? Says who, uh, you know? They, it's, like the, you know? It's like the Baseball Hall of Fame. They can't just you know, open the doors up and let whoever. Pete Rose, yes or no? Absolutely, dude. Yes. Absolutely. Double D, Pete Rose, yes or no? Who is he? He doesn't even know yes. who he is. Yes. Double D, for crying out loud. Uh, well, that, we'll <laughs> say it, but I, I can make a strong argument for the fact that he should be in, but uh, they'll never do it, and that's a shame because... Uh, and we'll save that for another day because it has nothing to That's do with that. That's another conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but Pete uh, Rose was rock and roll baseball. He was rock and roll baseball. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. What did he play? <laughs> he played the he bass played for baseball. the Reds. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what did he? He was in the trombone section of Chicago. Yeah, the moron. down in the g- dugout. 
Oh, Lord. All right. They call uh, it the pit, the, the orchestra pit. Real quick, let's, it's been a big year for us. Our year in review, let's go through it. Uh, here in T-Town, uh, that's where we emanate from. That's where we are proudly from. Uh, we love the fact that you guys listen to us from all over the U.S. and the world and all over the Northwest especially. And it's been a great year for us as a podcast. And just some of the highlights um, on a sad note, of course, we uh, Joe had to leave the program, and he was one of our founding members. And I love Joe. Yeah, we lo- everybody loved Joe, and I just talked to Joe the other day. He's uh, doing real well. He's still dealing with his mom's death and all and all that stuff, and got some other things going on. But uh, he misses being here, and wanted to make sure I said hello to everybody. And uh, you, we, you never know, we might get Joe to stop on in here one of these uh, Sundays and and get caught up with I'd Big like Joe. That. Yeah. But on the flip side, on the other, you know, on the positive, we we gained a Gimmer. Well, so, is that a positive? Absolutely, it's a positive, right. and, and it's been great, and we're looking forward to all the fun times we're going to have in the new year. Don't forget, we got the Saint, too. Yeah, we he picked up in. the Saint. Yep, the Saint joined yeah, our yeah. podcast. He does some great stuff on our social media sites and so forth, and uh, and really represents us and well. And Johnny on the Spot interviews now here. See that? I heard that, and if you weren't, if you didn't hear it, go back to section one and uh, and uh, pick up on what the Saint was uh, was doing out at the concerts. Uh, also, some big moments for us: we were uh, voted number five in the King Five Best of Radio Personality Poll. King Five Evening Magazine. Yeah, Evening Magazine. Yeah, it's a little, it makes it a little bigger. Yeah, so. whatever. I mean, we were there, and that was big. I mean, it was it came as a complete and total shock to us. And when we got nominated, we really thought it was a joke and didn't expect it to go anywhere. And the joke just kept on running. It kept rolling, man. So maybe people are laughing at us. I don't know. But all I know is that we were there for one year, and that was cool. You know, we might give it a run next year. We'll see. I I do know that, you know, listenership has went up continuously. Well, you know, hey, we were number five, but look at all the other guys that were not on air now are starting their own podcast. Uh, Yeah, I just got word that Ichabod Kane is starting a podcast. Marty Reamer has a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, we're up. I mean, so, you know, podcast is the new wave, and, and we're proud to say that we were kind of on the forefront of that here in the Northwest. So in 2011, uh, you know, I mean, we've talked about hopefully having our own, uh, you know, I, iPod, uh, you know, iPhone uh, app, app or, yeah. you know, an yeah, Android app. That. And, all, you know, we, we've got that simmering out there for you, folks. The uh, Double Mint Twins are crunching. What nots back. Other here. big things we had this year was we our first uh, anniversary party that we had in June. That was a now you guys played at that. We that did. was the, out of the Stone Gate. That was really really cool. That was a lot of fun. That was a great time. And we're gonna you know we, we got more stuff simmering, folks. We got stuff that we're working on events that are all gonna lead up to our second anniversary big bash, which will be of course another free event for and we want all of you to. Coming to, yeah. We're gonna have some comedy going on in the next one. We got some com- We got a yeah. We're gonna have a comedy night down at Tacoma Comedy Club. We also have a, a, another uh, band night that we're gonna do uh, sometime down at uh, hopefully down at the uh, New Frontier. Yeah. So keep got to dial that in. Keep tuned for all of that. Uh, other you guys, other moments that we have some po- favorite moments. Some of the guests that we've had this year. We, we, we I some thought, good. I like a lot of the good comedians we had. I like to. Uh, I really enjoyed going uh, to the Sonics to the house of where the Sonics little Bill. Yeah, little Bill nope. went out to little yeah this we did this year more than ever went actually went out and did some interviews well, I like the, cool. the interview of the all the older bands that we did you know the older ones and newer ones so we had some of the young ones that came in like that one group I think of from uh, oh the 
Tacoma. The Rooftop Warriors. The Rooftop Warriors. Yep, those guys are making uh, – I, I knew it. I'm telling you, those guys are rattling some cages. Way good call. A week or two later, they had a big a big show at Rocket, yeah. Rocket Records. Yeah, and, they uh, packed it out. Oh, they did? Yep. Double D? I like talking to the claw. Oh, the claw, yeah. We tapped the cartoonist in. league of absurd Washingtonians. Yeah, we had some good times with uh, uh, different th- outside of the band and the comedian things. We've tried to tap into the local uh, art scene, and that was one of them. And the claw was very cool. We had BJ Shea on this year. We had uh, Louis Anderson on. That was very cool for us. Uh, Rebecca Corey was a lot of fun. Um, and then, yeah, the our brothers, the bands, you know, Legend of Bigfoot, Big Wheel Stunt Show. Guns of Nevada. Yeah, guys, I mean, yeah. not to leave anybody out, but all of you guys have a sweet kiss. Um, you guys all have a warm place in our hearts, and we can't wait for your new stuff coming out in 2011 because uh, we're going to have everybody back in. We're going to promote those. And we do a lot. I think we're going to do a lot more in-studio music. Yeah, full, full on, full on, uh, you know, drums, bass, Yeah, guitars, the whole, yeah, the whole not stripped down. Are you guys giving me a challenge here? Oh, yes. yes. You're, throwing a, you're throwing a gauntlet down. It's on down! I <laughs> also want to say it was very cool to get connected this year with uh, Maurice the Fish Records. Hell's Kitchen's been a big part of what we're doing. Flash down there. Uh, I want to thank um, the Tacoma Comedy Club guys. They're, they've been big supporters of the ours. Volcano. The Volcano Driscoll. Driscoll, good call. Yeah, Driscoll coming in doing the sports thing. In fact, he should be in, I think, next week or the following week. So Driscoll's going to come in. He comes in once a month. He'll call in from a phone booth. <laughs> so I just want to say it's been a great year for the Northwest Convergence Zone. But really, the best part about it is is that we have people who like you out there who listen to us. And Amazingly I, enough. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, um, we try to put on a good show. We try to, you know, uh, and keep you informed as to what's going on, especially in the South Sound, and uh, pull in some big names here and there just to just to let you know we have we can do that. And we have contacts. Well, and and the show is about having serious fun. You know, Absolutely, we're, we're, we're here to to talk about you know uh, serious things. Sometimes that happens to be comedy. Sometimes it has to be business, music, whatnot. Um, but we're all doing it having fun as well. Absolutely. And, we're uh, having fun. This is an NPR. I hope you guys are having fun. And I have two things. I have two things especially that I'd like to just throw out there. And I know this is going to be a, a, a slow week for listenership. Uh, so if, 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 uh, if you guys are listening to us two weeks, three weeks from now, you're getting caught up. One. I would like to put this out there for the bands, that, especially the ones we know or any bands that are listening. We're looking, uh, we're going to make some changes in the year 2011. We're going to have a brand new opener. Uh, we're going to have some new features and so forth. We would love nothing more than to have you guys lay down an uh, opening theme song for us. You know, like, I don't know. 40 seconds, uh, a minute or whatever, something that has to do... Seven minutes. Yes, that's the legend of Bigfoot. <laughs> Some big space cadet yes. anthem. We, we, but we would like for you guys, if, you, if you're interested, you know, lay down something that we can play as our opener that has to do with us and the Northwest Convergence Zone and, and all that stuff, or yeah, get in contact with us. We can, we can tell you kind of what, you know, what we'd like on that. Because we'd like to get a whole different variety, rap, country, rock, whatever we can play different ones uh, uh, all at different times so i'm putting that out there to all our band friends uh number two we want to get more interactive with you the listener so we need ideas from you what, what would you like to hear in 11 guest wise would you like some features uh places you'd like us to go report on businesses um you know would you like us to do a, a, a an on-air calendar of yeah. of events that that 
you know, a weekly events that around the sound and so forth. Recipes. Yeah, hey, we'll do recipes. We'll have Double D cook. I think he can do toast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Uh, but those are just some things, and we want to get better. We want, we want to, you know, we are what we are. We don't get paid to do this. We don't have any sponsors. This is just, this is us, and we really love and enjoy doing it, but we also know we want you to continue to listen, and so therefore, we want to be entertaining and get what you like. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a big thing. And before we close on out of here, I want to remind you, that if you want tickets to uh, the Tacoma Comedy Club this coming week, all you have to do is... New, Year, New Year's Eve? Yeah, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, and you can have uh, the first 10, right? It was yep. the first 10 that... what was how, how did that go? First 10 people to email info at TacomaComedyClub.com or yes, net. net. I don't know. You'll have to listen to the interview. We'll later. have it on our website. I will also have it on Facebook. Trust me, you'll, you'll want to be at this. It's going to be funny, and it's going to be good. It's a great club, and we want to. We want you guys to go there and enjoy it. It's our gift. It's Tacoma Comedy Club's gift, and it's been a great year for us. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, I'm Big D. I'm the Gimmer. I'm Double D. This is Squeeze. I'm the Saint. This is Wonder Boy. Wishing you all a very happy, happy and safe New, new year. year. All right, we'll see you guys in 2011. We hope you're still there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.